I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, hello. Welcome to Jewel Says. I'm Jules. Catherine, TV's Catherine Ryan, my daughter, obviously. Catherine is in some soccer show about the Lionesses, which is a women's soccer team. It's part of a special thing, I think partly to celebrate the World Cup in Australia. Of all people to have on a soccer show, my goodness, we never did sign Catherine up for soccer because when she was little, it wasn't even a hugely popular sport here, which it should be because it's a lot cheaper equipment-wise than hockey and figure skating and dance. You don't have to rent an arena. You don't have to have all this equipment. But anyway, I did sign Catherine up for t-ball, basketball, certain sports, because I wanted them to try things that maybe I wouldn't particularly want to do. Women's baseball is very popular here. So yeah, we signed her up for some sports when she was little. And since then, of course, soccer has been growing in popularity. Uh, Maybe it's because lots of people from other countries are moving to Canada. Maybe it's because it is cheaper than buying hockey equipment. I don't know. But my seven-year-old grandson, Richard, plays soccer. I know, I know. Some of you feel like it's nails on a chalkboard when I call the game soccer. But we have to call it soccer over here because if you say football in North America, the default meaning is American football. I realize that in every other country, you need the American qualifier, but not here. It's like the default human 
If you say soccer player, most people picture a male soccer player. The presumed default. You have to say female soccer player to clarify. So yeah, soccer. Anyway, the show is really good. I actually cried because, of course, when I see anyone performing as brilliantly as these football players, ha! I said football. By football players, I mean female soccer players. But I get verklempt when I see that level of of accomplishment. I can't even imagine what goes into achieving that. Their skill and their athleticism is truly extraordinary. Now, Catherine, on the other hand, comes by her love of balls. Honestly, I wouldn't dream of diving for a ball. I only marginally care where the ball goes. I absolutely do not want to, nor will I ever risk injuring myself. And I do not want to even break my nails, even though my hands are no longer as pretty as they used to be. So sad, but inevitable, I suppose. I know there are worse things in life than unattractive hands. But yeah, if you haven't seen the show about the lionesses with Catherine Ryan and Maisie Adam, check it out. It's really fun. This past weekend, Abe and I joined some friends and their three children. Speaking of lack of athleticism. Their three children, a tween and two teens, at an outdoor adventure park in Collingwood, Ontario. Collingwood is an Ontario ski town. It's not as amazing as Banff, Alberta, which is a flight and two time zones away from us. Collingwood is only a two-hour drive from Toronto, so it's doable. It's on Georgian Bay, gorgeous, which is part of Lake Huron. And in the summer months, how is a ski town that relies on the tourist industry supposed to make money? Of course, they have golf, they have hiking, and all manner of outdoor activities, including this treetop adventure course. So we all strapped into our safety harnesses, got a quick overview on how to work the harness and zipline hooks, and we were off. Now, I didn't want to bail, even though I'm very nervous of heights. I knew that it would be safe. I I knew that, so I did it. But I can tell you, if I climb up a ladder onto the roof to wash windows, for example, the ladder shakes with my shaking nerves. I physically shake because I feel so nervous being up high. Aside from that, I was certainly never an athletically adventurous person, and I never liked heights. But of course, the clincher was when I think I was twenty or twenty-one. My then boyfriend, to whom I may devote an entire episode one of these days, held me by my ankles over a fifth floor balcony, which happened to overhang the apartment building parking lot. I did not like that. In fact, I was so enraged when he pulled me up, laughing. He thought it was hilarious. That I tried to punch him in the face. I'm usually a non-violent person. Even if I did land a punch, it probably wouldn't hurt him. I'm not that strong, and my fist isn't the most powerful. But of course, he deftly ducked my punch, laughing, telling me I was overreacting, and also telling me I was so cute and funny when I was angry. Do you have any idea how infuriating that is? I I feel kind of annoyed 
40-something years later thinking about it now. But anyway, that asshat is a story for another day. The point is, I'm not a fan of heights, but we have a harness attached to overhead wires, so I knew that the worst case, if I happened to fall, I would safely dangle from the wire, and someone would presumably have a way to help me out of that jam. Abe, on the other hand, has no issues scrambling up a ladder, even with a roll of roofing material on one shoulder. His mother loves to tell about the time he climbed up all the kitchen cupboards to the very top shelf to reach a chocolate bar that she didn't even know he knew she had put up there. He was apparently around two years old. So yeah, he's naturally agile, a natural climber. He's athletic. He's strong. And even though he has a desk job, he does make an effort to work out enough to maintain his physique and strength. So Abe and the 17-year-old boy happily scampered off like a couple of giant puppies to the Black Diamond course. They could hear comments from the staff. Those two are doing the Black Diamond. Ooh, they're doing the Black Diamond. Ooh, did you see that? There are some guys doing the Black Diamond, which might have been telling as to how impressive a feat the Black Diamond course is. Not for the upper body strength challenged like myself. When they told me the story of the staff commenting as they, they headed to the course, it reminded me of the Bugs Bunny episode. I loved Bugs Bunny as a kid. I, when I watch episodes now, I see how awful and violent they were. But, you know, it didn't turn me into a violent person. But there's an episode when Bugs is a legendary conductor. And as he walks toward the stage. He passes various musicians and press people and probably audience members, and they're all going, Leopold, Leopold, Leopold. That's what this reminded me of. Anyway, the other gals, the teen and the tween, and I stuck with the middle difficulty course, and our friend's husband chivalrously stayed with us in case we needed help along the way. Thank God. I don't mind, he insisted. I get paid to do this, sometimes 200 feet off the ground. So I guess it wasn't as fun for him. He was, he was just wonderful. The smart thing about the course design, though, is that the first, if not one of the first, activities is the most difficult. This gives you an opportunity to back out if you can't do it before you're too far along and maybe it's harder to get you. In Abe and the boy's case, it was a high rope climb, straight up. If you could do that, you should be fine for the rest. And they both said it was quite difficult. They said they were pretty gassed. I guess that's what the kids are saying now for being tired and out of breath. They were pretty gassed at some of the activities on that course. The challenge on our course wasn't the first activity. It was maybe the third or fourth, but it was definitely nearby, directly above the staff cabin. So if anyone got into trouble, they could no doubt easily get us off the course before it was too late. The difficult activity was a rope web, a suspended rope web, which turned out to be, and it was um, perpendicular to the ground. And it turned out to be a lot harder than it looked. Before I went up there, I saw some other people doing it, and they seemed to be struggling, but it doesn't look that difficult. 
But I can tell you, as I made my way across to the next platform, I was seriously worried that I would not be able to do it. I was wishing I had worn gloves. The rope hurt my hands so much, I'm surprised they're not still chafed and calloused. And I was acutely aware of how limited my hand and upper body strength were. Surely those once-a-week swimming sessions should have helped me. Apparently not. Apparently that's not enough. And it's frustrating to me feeling so weak. But I guess I have to forgive myself. I'm kind of old. I sit at a desk all day. I like to read. And, by the way, I was undoubtedly the oldest person I saw on the course. I think the next oldest people would have been in their 40s. Although, our friend, I think he might be 51. So he would have been the next oldest. But he doesn't have a sedentary job or a lifestyle. And he has man-level upper body strength. He's built like Abe. The tween gal, who's only 12, led the way for the rest of the group, which made sense. She is by far more agile and athletic than even her sister, certainly more so than her mother or me. Plus, 12-year-old girls seem to still have confidence. They're less self-conscious than an older teen or a grown woman. I certainly appreciated that she went first. She had she was able to try different ways of maneuvering through each stage of the course. She would adjust, and then she'd advise the rest of us. Her 18-year-old sister followed her, and I was so impressed with how kind and supportive she was to her little sister. You're doing great, she kept assuring her, even when she got a little frightened at some of the high-wire activities, which were hard for her to reach. She's athletic, but she's just a little peanut. She's about an inch or two shorter than I am. At one point, we saw Abe and his sidekick at the fence surrounding the course below. Big grins. Is this your first course? One of them called. Yeah, this was hard. What do you think? They had already done two. Off they bounded to do something else. Finally, we made it to the end. We had climbed rope ladders. We had done two little zip lines. Those were easy enough. We walked across swinging suspended rope bridges, the stuff of nightmares, a couple of high wires, but we made it. My triceps and lats are still sore today, but my hands at least have recovered unscathed. If I ever do something like that again, and I probably won't, but if I do, I'll be sure to bring gloves next time. That was difficult for me. But still, I felt good about having done it. We did a few more activities at that park before heading back to the house. We had originally planned on doing more, but we got there late because the park didn't open until after 1 p.m., I think because we had a full morning of relentless torrential rain, like raining cats and dogs. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Then the best part of the day, for me anyway, was dinner and the ensuing kitchen table chat. The children did not skulk off to immerse themselves alone on their screens or to watch TV or a movie. They stayed at the table with the olds and joined in the chat, which I love. They joined in joyfully. They laughed and smiled, and I I loved it. This is part of the payoff, I think, of making the effort to regularly take vacations with your children. There are a lot of 17- and 18-year-olds who would have no interest in going on vacation with their parents, but these two? They have jobs. They're all very hard workers. Even the 12-year-old has had a job since she was nine. She happens to be her neighborhood dog walker, dog sitter, and babysitter. She currently looks after a three- and a five-year-old every weekday in addition to her dog responsibilities. And she doesn't just hang around to make sure the children are safe. She prepares activity plans for them to ensure they're busy and having fun. I think a lot of adults would be hard-pressed to consistently do this. Have you heard of what goes on in some home daycares? Looking after little children is hard work. When mine were young, I used to hire a student childminder for the summer, so my regular sitter, Val, could have the summer off. And I can tell you that a few of them were much more interested in talking on the phone than keeping my children busy. They stayed with Nana and Papa and one of their great aunts once for a couple weeks when they were here visiting. Nana didn't even make them lunch. She made lunch for all the adults and didn't make food for the children. Catherine was only in, I think, sixth grade. So they were on their own, even with their own Nana, really. They weren't on their own. Nana and Papa were there in case something went wrong. But anyway, I thought that was a bit odd. You live overseas, you come to see your grandchildren, and you don't even interact with them when mom is at work. Anyway, water under the bridge... But I never hired anyone under the age of 16 because I gave them the use of my car. They had to have a driver's license. I wanted them to take the children to the pool and to the beach. One of my students said it was the best job she had ever had because she was being paid to hang out with three fun people. 
Yeah, my kids in elementary, like they weren't even three and five when Nana and Papa looked after them. They were elementary school age. They were fun and they were well behaved. And Carrie was happy as long as I didn't make her go to some sports camp. And if you know any 17 or 18 year olds, you or you were one, I'm sure you remember that they generally live for their friends or their boyfriend or girlfriend if they have one. Hopefully most people by the time they're 17 or 18 have a job. I just think even if you're very wealthy, I feel like it's a good experience for young people to have a job. Even if they don't necessarily need the money, they'll learn about what it's like working with people of all ages. They'll learn about commitment to something that isn't necessarily fun. I know they already have school and that might not be fun. But if they're not working really, really hard at school and invested in that, especially, I think there's value in having a job. I think it gives them appreciation for people who do jobs that might be unpleasant. It it helps them understand the value of pursuing a career that they don't entirely hate. How accomplishing the work and earning money for yourself builds self-worth, a sense of purpose. These teens have jobs, and they still take time off work and time away from their friends to go on vacations with their family. Not only did they not sulk about it, they seemed genuinely happy to spend time with each other and with the four old people. I just love teens. I love the exuberance of teens when they're willing to engage with you. Their stories. It's fascinating to me, anyway, to see how uh, children are born with such different personalities. And as they grow up, their personalities evolve. It's just so interesting. And I've known these children since they were babies. I remember saying to Abe when the boy was about two, He's going to be cool and fun when he's 16. Just you wait. I can picture him belly up to the bar with a beer laughing with his friends. I know they're not supposed to do that at 16, but let's be frank. You know it's likely to happen. He had this fiery personality even when he was really little. He knew what he wanted. His mother would sometimes be a little embarrassed, I think, when he kicked off about something silly, Well, it seemed silly to us, like having his picture taken. He just always had so much energy, and he was always an adventurer. He could ride a bike at a ridiculously early age. I forget how old he was. And he wasn't afraid to race and do stunts on it. We bought him pegs for one of his bikes so that he could do stunts. He loved a wheelie. He loved a jump. He loved getting some air, as they say. His parents had to take his speedometer off the bike because he was more interested in paying attention to the speed than paying attention to what was in front of him. It's scary having a child like that. But this young man, 17 now, he works hard and he plays hard. His first job was picking rocks in a farmer's field. Now, I know a lot of kids who would not do that. But he's always appreciated money and he's never been afraid to work for it. He grew up in the country, so always rode snowmobiles, dirt bikes, four-wheelers, which really prepares you for driving confidence and skill when the time comes to get your driver's license. I mean, the first time I drove anything, well, I did ride a bike. I think that helps, too. 
But the first time I drove anything was when I had my learner's permit and was starting to learn to drive at, I think, 15. This guy races at a local track. And since he was born and raised in a small town, everybody knows everybody. And he's had the friends that he has all his life. I have no idea what that would be like. And there were moments when hearing him tell stories of his and his friends' shenanigans, I felt as though I was on the set of a Letterkenny shoot. If you have not seen Letterkenny, oh boy, it is an 11-season sitcom which, I guess, exaggerates small-town Canadian characters. When I first saw it, I wasn't exactly a fan but it grew on me. As the seasons went on, I swear the writing became more and more clever. The snowmobiles, the ice fishing, the Canadian accents and expressions, the hockey references, a lot of hockey throughout the whole series, standing outside on someone's deck while the snow falls, drinking beer. That's just so Canadian. The interactions with Quebecers, which it's the, the location is a small town near Quebec, so it was just so funny to see to see the Ontarian care where the Ontarians understand French but respond in English. You see this you see this sort of franglais going back and forth. The boy showed us a clip of one of his friends saying, For fuck's sake, boys, or something like that. I might have been. Well, boys, for fuck's sake immediately followed by a shot of his car upside down at the edge of a cornfield. He had taken a gravel side road so he could drift the car, something that would never occur to me to do. But the car flipped. Natural consequences. Bad, of course, because it's risky. But funny after the fact, because he got out of the car unscathed. But come on, for fuck's sake, boys, give your nuts a tug. That is dangerous. Your parents and other old people like me don't want to kill your fun, but we also don't want you to be killed in a reckless accident or maimed. My God, no wonder his mom worries about him. Can you blame her? This is the scary part about having a teen. Yes, they're asserting their independence. Yes, they have to gain agency, even as their frontal lobe is misfiring all over the place. The impulsivity of those teens. But by the time you're 17 or 18, your parents really have done their best. And we'll protect you and help you where we can, of course. But you are now accountable for the natural consequences of your decisions, we are not comforted by you telling us your dad did more dangerous things when he was your age. That's no comfort. The consequences of your choices now are life and death. This boy then proceeded to tell us how he, he fantasizes about what it would be like to barrel roll a car. Would it feel like slow motion? He assured us that he's not going to do it, thank God, but he just really, really wonders what it would be like. This is the type of thing he thinks about, and I don't think he's particularly unusual in that respect. Man, people are born with different personalities. I have never in my life, I've had some dreams, but I have never dreamed about what it would be like to drive fast, barrel roll a car, drift on gravel, nothing like that. 
His sisters haven't either. When they when, when they go snowmobiling, their parents used to insist on the 18-year-old sister, who's a year older, having a turn to drive. Nah, she said, he can drive. I'll just ride with him and hang on tight. I'm with her. I am fine with driving. I'm not afraid of driving, but I definitely prefer to be driven if I have a choice. I have no desire to drive anything. Zero. None. Just getting from point A to point B is the only reason I would ever drive. And I want to feel safe and comfortable. Abe used to have a personal watercraft when we lived in Sarnia, or a wave runner or a sea-doo. Depends on, his was a wave runner, it was Yamaha. And I would ride on the back, but it was never a nice boat ride. He loved to find waves and jump them and fly high into the air. I hated that. It's just water, he would insist. Yeah, it's just water. I like the water, but I don't like flying high in the middle of Lake Huron. Okay, that's an exaggeration. We were not in the middle of Lake Huron. That lake is vast. The horizon looks like it goes on forever. But my point is, flying high and falling, even into the water, is not my idea of a good time. Thank goodness we're all different. A hundred years ago, I was in a car with a boyfriend one snowy night when he spun out as he drove onto the highway from a ramp. It wasn't a barrel roll, but as the car spun around and around in front of, thankfully, very light oncoming traffic, it was a two-lane highway, it did feel like slow motion. The falling snowflakes seemed to stand still against the dark night sky. It was surreal. I remember at the time thinking, we might die. I do not recommend this. Thankfully, none of my grandchildren seem to have daredevil desires. As much as two-year-old Fred loves monster trucks that jump high in the sky, he is very cautious when it comes to riding his little vehicles. He's not tearing around the kitchen on whatever pint-sized vehicle he has, like this guy was at his age. Give him time, the boy assured me. No, I insisted. You were born this way. You were like this before you could walk. This is who you are. Of course, as it happens with children that age, at some point the conversation turned to work and school, which is annoying for them. It's hard at 17 or 18 to know what you want to do, and of course at that age it's hard to imagine what it will be like working for 45 or more years. Plus, it feels as though you have forever to decide. It's also difficult to make the financial sacrifice of post-secondary education or an apprentice, because even if they pay, they don't pay well. But if you're not sure you want to do the thing, it's harder to make that sacrifice. Neither of them is interested in university, which is perfectly fine. You know, I have one friend whose son refuses to entertain anything but university for his children. Unfortunately, his children are not particularly scholarly. That's not to say they couldn't meet the requirements for university admission, but that they focused more on sports than schoolwork growing up. So so their grades were never a particularly high priority. The elder child has just graduated high school and will be pursuing sports for a gap year because a trade apprenticeship is not an option for him. 
even college is not an option for him. We differentiate between college and university in Canada. College is more geared toward job training, whereas university is geared toward academic degree programs. Not all countries make that distinction, but we do here. The other thing we have is co-op opportunities in secondary school for children to give them a sense of what some jobs are like. Sitting in a classroom is not going to teach you that. And the other thing is it gives businesses who are willing to take students and give them some learning opportunities, cheap labor, and the students also get credit for the co-op. Anyway, obviously no job is 100% wonderful all day, every day. But it is easier to succeed at something, to work hard at something, if you actually like it. So I think dipping your toes into different work experiences in your teens is really valuable. Carrie did a co-op at a hair salon when she was in high school. She liked it enough at the time because she went on to a beauty academy in Toronto right after, but decided a career in hairstyling wasn't for her. She went back to school in her 30s to study medical aesthetics. Might have been her late 20s. Anyway, it wasn't that long ago, which is fine. But she had to take a financial hit to do it. By then, she was paying rent. She had been working in the service industry for years, making tons of money, having a really good time. So going back to school was a financial hit. And then working in the medical aesthetics industry was a financial hit from serving, where she made really good tips. I think most young people may not have the luxury or the drudgery, depending on your perspective, of having a single career in their lifetime. We old people just want you to feel fulfilled. We want you to feel as though you have purpose. We want you to feel useful and make enough money to enjoy your life without a ton of stress. Money might not buy you happiness, but not having enough to pay your bills and enjoy yourself even a little bit will surely bring you grief and anxiety. Because it's scary not having enough money. So the boy tried a co-op working for an electric company, but it did not go as well as he'd hoped. The foreman didn't train him properly, even though he had all the time in the world to work closely alongside a 19-year-old female apprentice, tail as old as time. And his, his work expectations were never clearly defined. They gave him all the muscle work, which he didn't mind doing, but they were constantly yelling at him because he didn't know what to do. Obviously, I wasn't there. But because I know this guy, and I know he has a long, very successful work history, I'm certain it wasn't his fault. He's consistently had other employers ask him to come back when he's done seasonal work. Plus, a student co-op term is supposed to be a learning opportunity. It's not just cheap labor. And unfortunately... He learned that he prefers sticking with his seasonal employer who's thrilled with his work. I hope this doesn't limit his future, but once they get to this age, they have to figure some things out for themselves. His 18-year-old sister is wrapping up her training at a beauty school in the next town, and she's looking for an apprenticeship and another job. I'm not sure whether she loves it, though. I get the impression she likes it. She's also been working in a restaurant and is so frustrated with the inefficient processes. 
tale as old as time. Apparently, they finally adopted one of her process improvement suggestions, and it's made such a difference to everyone. I just want to work for a place that's run well, where I can come in and do a good job and give the customers good service and not feel constantly frustrated. Good luck with that. Every organization has some area that is poorly run, which is why problem solvers are such valuable employees. I told her one thing you can count on, though, is change. If you don't like it or you end up with a dysfunctional work environment, find something else. Or the management might change. Something's going to change. The important thing is that you just don't hang around waiting for it for 10 or 15 years. And I'm so glad that people are starting to grasp the importance of trades. There was this big push for university, university, you have to go to university. No, you don't. Everything is not for everyone. Trades are needed and they're a very good job. There were two plumbers in their small town. One of them passed away, so now there's only one, and he's close to retirement. Plumbing is an important job. What's going to happen when this guy retires? No plumber in town? Somebody's got to come from out of town to do the slightest thing? That's going to raise prices. It's a really good job. It's a dirty, messy, challenging job, but very important, and it pays really, really well. Plus, the trade opportunities are not limited to residential. You can get jobs on big projects, construction projects, and if you show up, do the work, solve problems, as long as the management isn't completely dysfunctional, they're going to value you. And showing up is half the battle. It's amazing how many people ghost employers, and not just teens doing part-time jobs. Adult professionals are ghosting. The mom told us about a teacher who just stopped coming to work. She didn't call. She didn't email. She didn't resign. Nothing. After two days of the school being unable to get in touch with her, they were worried, so they called in a wellness check. She was at home, fine, relaxing, surprised at the wellness check. She had just decided that teaching wasn't for her after all, so she just stopped showing up for work. That's bananas. You got to at least resign and give notice. Ugh. If anyone knows how on earth someone grows up to have that mindset, to have zero regard for the commitment you've made or who you're letting down, I am all ears. Please let me know. I'd love to talk about it. Maybe you want to be a guest on the podcast. Maybe you just want to email me. You can get in touch with me at jewelsays at gmail.com. Anyway. The treetop adventure turned out to be a great day, but the icing on the cake for me was that kitchen table chat with those wonderful, exuberant, delightful teens. I just love them, and I hope they make good choices, stay safe, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where these next few years take them. We have some pretty wonderful young people in the world. Thank you for listening. If you have anything you'd like to share, I would love to hear from you. I can be reached at jewelsays at gmail.com. Have a great week.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.